Welcome to Talk Employment to Me by KLC, the pod where common sense meets useful advice. Another week and another episode. I'm your host, Stephanie Berry, together with Chris Sacco and Jared Sacco. Join us for new episodes every Friday at 3 p.m. So sit back, listen, and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday. Thank you for joining us on Talk Employment to Me by KLC. I'm not always nice to her, but Chris has come back for another week, so it can't be that bad. Welcome back, Chris. Where else am I going to be, Steph? Just bring it on. That's all good. Welcome back, Chris. If the weather was nicer in Melbourne on a Friday, you could be maybe sipping a cocktail somewhere, doing something far more enjoyable. Then I would not that spending time with you. Yeah, well, not that spending time with you isn't enjoyable, Chris, but I am better with the cocktail. Yeah. So am I. So am I. That should be a life motto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think I um, I think I said this for the last two weeks. It's been really nice getting, in Jared's absence, getting some of the team to join us. Um, and so Stefan's come back for another another go round on the on the pod. Not to be confused with Stefo, who was here two weeks ago, and not to be confused with me, who is Steph B. So Stefan, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Say, it's our own Spice Girls, isn't it? Mel B, you know, we've got we've got all the Spice Girls and Jared. I and Jared. I try so hard when I pick up the phone. Now I don't often pick up the reception phone, like the phone as reception, because I am too slow. I try so hard to be nice because people start when they hear Stephanie, they just start thinking that I am either Stepho or Steph N, and tell me. Oh, so when we were talking, blah, 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 and I'm like, ah, 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 oh, there's three of us here. I'm not the right one. I don't know who is, but let me find out because I cannot help you. <laughs> well, I started making up names as well, like um, Bethany, Daphne. So we yeah. might have to just diversify our names and, and go with some other names because. We all have, um, I... all have different sort of kind of accents, though, we've got. We could say that we've got um, exotic Stephanie and we could say we have, and you don't know who I'm talking about here, so we could say we have Bogan Stephanie and we could say... I'm not, I'm not exotic Stephanie. I definitely could confirm that. I could be Bogan Stephanie though. Well, so. this is the thing. Uh, I couldn't think of a third one, so I'm just stopping on two because that's it for me. So Stefo and I will never know if we're Bogan Stephanie or not. We have to figure that out between the two of us because it's not Stefan. <laughs> uh, well, that, that leads really nicely into today's topic, which is rejection, because I'm feeling a bit rejected by Chris right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, no, our, our topic is, as a job seeker, job job seekers are putting in the hard yards a lot of the time it's not often that someone is out there applying for one job they're quite often putting their their resume and their cover letter and doing all of the hard work for multiple applications so it's around how do you cope with the stress of job searching but I think also more than that the rejection of not being successful um, we did talk last week about X, recruiter X, and we spoke the week before about some of the things that you can do as a job seeker to make yourself stand out from other job seekers. So that probably leads nicely into today, which is 
what are the tips for dealing with for dealing with job search stress? Because I think, Stefan, you've probably had some uh, exposures recently where people's job search stress has come through negatively in their dealings with you as the recruiter who's trying to help them out. Yeah, it has. Um, it's very understandable. I mean, I came to KLC about five months ago. So prior to then, I was a job seeker and I 100% understand um, how difficult it can be. You try and, you know, put forward the best version of yourself, whether that be in resume form, cover letters, um, approaching hiring managers or people on LinkedIn, connecting, um, and it, it, it can, you know, take a toll on you. Um, but yeah, there has been, again, on the other side of it, as as a recruiter, you get some people who are incredibly gracious. Oh, keep me in mind if, you, if anything comes across the desk that, that could I could be suitable for. Um, and then some people who clearly it's the stress and the disappointment, um, the frustration uh, gets to them and, and then it kind of, they take it out on Again, yeah, the person who's trying to help them. Um, and the number one thing I would say coming from a recruiter is a lot of the time, it, it's a multitude of reasons that have nothing to do with you. It could be timing. It could be that the perfect candidate came across and put their resume forward a week before you did. It could be that they've just had so many good applicants. You just have to whittle it down to a couple who, um, who again applied the quickest or have responded the quickest or were able to get in for an interview the quickest. Um, it could be your variation of qualifications um, uh, don't 100% align with what the client's looking for. There's a multitude of reasons um, and a lot of them, uh, there's, there's truly nothing that as a candidate as somebody who's applying for these jobs you've done your best and it's just timing um so yeah i think that's the first thing to keep in mind is that a lot of the time it's it's, it's not you it's not you the candidate and you just have to be resilient and keep going and keep applying yeah and i think too it's that old kind of adage and chris i think i don't, I don't actually know if you you might have imparted this this piece of wisdom on me, but you know it's often you can be frustrated and you can be um, people can get angry, um, and often I think that's because they've not been informed as to why they weren't successful. Again, there's a there's a multitude of reasons as to why the stress has got to that point, that volcano eruption point. But I think if you are feeling that way, write the email, then step away before you send it step away for an hour, step away for two hours. If you still feel that way after two hours, then by all means, send that email or pick up the phone. But I think in terms of managing your stress and how stress can then impact how you're representing yourself in the job market, you need to use strategies like that too. The way that you feel in that moment may not be as bad with some reflection or some time to process. And I think that that can be said for the way that you then represent yourself as a candidate and how you do that with whether it's a recruiter or whether it's with a hiring manager that one ill-timed stress 
however you represent that, however that comes across, that could be enough to blacklist you with that organization forever. So you really need to think about how you're managing your own stresses. Chris, for you with candidates in that scenario, what do you think that candidates can be doing or asking for of a hiring manager or a recruiter in terms of feedback or whatever it is to kind of de-escalate their own stress? What are your tips for that? Like, how much can they ask for? How do they do that without it coming across as that heightened emotion, stressful approach that we often mm, see? I, yeah, it's a tough one, but it's. I think it's, it's about... Think of your candidate or, you know candidate human being and you know that I'm always about the glass is always half full so when we get rejected when you're in a good headspace to ask the question why you should um, so we as recruiters don't know what's happening well we like to think if we've got to know our candidates we do know stuff that's going on in our candidates life but from a mental health point of view which is very real out there and this is like a dark this is a dark pod, this one, but seriously, we don't know what's happening with people. So if they feel like, if they're, if they're in a, going down the rabbit warren, the, the rabbit hole, everything seems like it's dark and gloomy. But how do you get yourself out of that? Be brave. Ask the questions. You know, what is it? Why didn't I get that job? Why didn't I present myself well? Um, again, this is definitely something that I learned. It's something that's not just mine, but we do have two ears and one mouth. So... If we're brave enough to use our one mouth and we ask the question, why did I not get that job? You know, I thought I really nailed that one. Ask the question, but listen. Now, write down what you hear and maybe don't react to it. Now, that's a key in itself, not reacting, just listening. Um, as you say, you know, write it down, ask the recruiter, ask the hiring manager if once you process that, can I come back to you if I have any questions? because the initial will be to react and when you react you react negatively and then you go further down that that hole and it's not your fault but actually it might be your fault maybe what the hiring manager is actually giving you is a clue to how you can respond to that question better next time to nail it so i think you know two ears one mouth ask the question you know where did i go wrong where could i have done better i feel like i didn't answer this question well enough would you agree um, what were you looking for from that? I didn't know, you know. And if they say you didn't even understand the um, the values of the organisation, don't react to it. Take a moment and go, actually, I didn't know it well enough. I, I gave it my best guess. <clears throat> so I think you need to, to learn to digest. The flip of that is, you know, we're hearing out there it's, it's a buyer's market, you know, whether it be a house or whether it be whatever. But unemployment's so low, so, you know, we can walk into interviews being a shoo-in. I've got this because they need me. Um, and you might just go in under underprepared, maybe too cocky. But when you walk away and you haven't got that, that actually also impacts you. You know, how do you tell people that you didn't get that job that you thought you were a shoo-in for? So really you need to prepare again, uh, you know. And so coping with job search for me would be, um, you know, let's focus on the sort of job that you want let's not just be airy-fairy and not just focus on one either let's have a couple in the pipeline at any one time and be totally transparent make yourself be wanted you know and hopefully if you get two or three interviews at two or three different companies all of a sudden you know you're building on what you know and you're going to actually get the job that you want so i think um 
you know, coping with rejection is learning from it, not seeing as feedback as being rejection. You know, I'm sure that all the best bands in the world didn't get accepted from their first music um, sign up. You know, I'm sure they had to send out lots and lots of different tapes. That's what they did in the old days. But before somebody picked them up. <laughs> I think they they post on YouTube now and hope someone will see them or yeah, on TikTok. In the old days, but tape. I think when they used to post their tape. Absolutely. In the mail, and hope someone would. It's <laughs> snail mail. So that, I don't know whether that was Chris, Chris, your age is showing. Always does. I just wrote those gems in. So that would be my thoughts. I think you know, listen, I, listen and learn. Yeah, I also feel too, unfortunately, and I think this adds to sometimes people's stress and their reactions to rejections. I know that I have always as a recruiter, put myself in the candidate's shoes. Now that doesn't not not always mean that I am perfect, but in terms of that kind of open, honest, transparent communication, including feedback, that's always been something that's very important to me. I am still to this day shocked by how many people or how many candidates will say, thank you so much. No one has ever explained that to me. No one has ever given me that feedback. No one has ever gone into to depth with me as to why I haven't been successful. So I think I, as a human being, can understand the level of stress that comes from the frustration of people getting told no time and time again without feeling like they actually understand why they're not successful because the duty of care is not always there from the people who are the hiring manager or the recruitment agency to actually provide that feedback. And that can be for many, many reasons. So I think as the job seeker, you also need to manage your own expectations on how much feedback you're actually going to get. Um, And so as Chris was saying, when you actually get the feedback, that is worth its weight in gold. So you need to have one mouth, two ears, listen to what's being given to you because for every five jobs you apply for um, or, or every five interviews you do, and if you are not successful for all of those, you're probably only gonna get one, maybe two, that will actually give you some kind of feedback that's useful as opposed to generic feedback. So again, if you find an agency or a hiring manager that is willing to actually give you real useful feedback, take it on board. I don't know, do you guys find that? I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked that people don't feel like they're getting feedback. Yeah, I think I had somebody who a couple of days ago and it came with a in a really humble way, they came and said, hey, I'm just not getting any traction. Um, can you please just let me know where I may need to improve or um, what I need to do differently? I, I'm really interested to know because I'm just not getting any traction here um, and getting into rooms, even getting into rooms for interviews. Um, and even this candidate saying it in that way made me want to help um, and want them to succeed. And so I did my best to really go through and say, oh, listen, this might be where you're lacking. This is for this specific client that we're dealing with this is why you weren't suitable for the role I suggest you look into maybe this course or adjusting this on your resume um, but he came in he came forward and he was really receptive and really really honestly wanted to to improve so he could get the perfect job as opposed to somebody a few weeks ago who um, again we really did try to we want them to get the job we want you to be the one for the job um, and we had somebody who unfortunately just, uh, again, didn't have 
the completed qualifications for a job um, but came back in a very frustrated and angry way um, and, and wasn't wasn't open wasn't ready to hear hey this is why we wish you could give you we wish you could get get you this job we wish um, but unfortunately we'll make our we life a lot easier if we could yeah exactly <laughs> exactly we're not trying to gatekeep we want we want you in there um, yeah. so yeah there is a receptiveness and again it's what you say all the time in terms of we're all human it's about having human interactions and and having honest mm. discussions with people and if you go in there treating someone else like a human treating them like you would like to be treated yeah. um you're, you're more likely to get honest feedback and get people who are willing to help you and and be in your corner yeah yeah i think we we have a responsibility as recruiters for, especially if people have Put in the effort to either apply for a job or have an interview with us and they've not been successful you know <laughs> whether it be naive or it's just who i am as a person i've always had the mindset of i deserve i i have to give i that person deserves feedback now whether they want to listen to it whether they want to take it on board whether they want to actually digest that feedback that is their decision but I'm not doing my job properly and I'm not I'm not doing, as you say, Seth, that, yeah, hu- I'm not having that human-to-human interaction. I'm not having that human element about what I do if I'm not giving the feedback. What the candidate chooses to do with that feedback is completely up to them. You know, I, I can't control that, but I need for my own kind of sense of duty to make sure that I'm offering that because some people, yeah, just haven't had the opportunity to be heard or to ask questions. Um, I do think too that goes both ways um, from a candidate perspective too you know recruiters aren't robots well they shouldn't be we're humans too and so we are often um, hamstrung by the requirements of a job from our clients and often our clients are then dictated to by a funding body or by a government body of what qualifications you need, how many years experience you need, if you need to be a member of a certain governing body, we are not the ones that make that decision. That Our clients often aren't the ones that make that decision. That comes from a higher power. So I think, think about logically, when we're saying you don't have that qualification and you're not successful, you're not suitable, think about where that anger may be directed and the way that you react to that because you know, we are trying our best, as you said, Steph, to actually say, well, if you are interested in these roles in the future, then you need to maybe look at doing this extension course or these additional top-up units or enrolling in this or finishing a course that you've done, whatever it might be. We're trying to give you that assistance and guide you to that, but we are not God in terms of these are the requirements for the job. You must have this qualification. That's not us. We don't get to make that decision. So think about how you're managing that rejection and those stresses and how that's coming across with recruiters too, I think. We deal with a lot of people. Make us remember you for the good reasons. Yeah, true story. True story. (laughs) In terms of, last question, last question, I promise. But in terms of rejections for you guys, how do you feel as recruiters when you have to deliver that news? I'm good with it. No, I'm I'm actually good with it and I'm good (laughs) with it because of all the reasons that I say, you know, it's about, 
Well, it's it, and you just don't go for the jugular. You, you, we're wise enough that we can pick up how much we can share today and how much you, we can offload and say, why don't you, and I have done this as well, um, you know, why don't you absorb that, take time overnight, give me a call back tomorrow and we'll go through some more. And, you know, but I don't, I don't bash them when they're down, but I think that we can all live and learn from it. Um, I think it's our duty as humans to give some feedback, you know, and it's about the way we deliver that. So I'm all for it. I think it's great. I think it's great because I don't think it's great because I'm letting people know that while they weren't good enough, I'm actually the tools to be better. I'm still, I'm still getting used to it, honestly. Yeah, I, I do like to, yeah, feedback is, is important for sure. But then also just to leave somebody with some encouragement to say, you know, especially after you've interviewed them and you've kept in touch with them and gone back and forth, you do start to build yeah. a relationship with them. So most of the time, it really is like I, I really do hope you find that role. If something comes across my desk, I would love to help you. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time, it, it is it does come down to something small like a qualification, years of experience, maybe somebody else just had you know that edge. So a lot of the time, it, it truly is you know. I really wish you luck. Um, keep going. You, you know, you're amazing in what you're doing, and and giving them that confidence to, to keep going because you I really do wish I could help them and if the role did come across my desk I would you know do my best to to get them in and another yeah. job well I think that's just it that's why I wanted to ask that question as silly as that question sounds but both of you just answered that question very differently but it had very similar undertones which is we actually are trying to help people and we are invested in your journey as well as you, as much as you are sometimes. And so we don't always like telling you that you're not successful or rejecting candidates. It's not, I would say it's not the best part of my job without a doubt, but I think it is a really important part of our jobs. And so we have to take pride and care in the way we deliver that rejection or that feedback to make sure that, as you say, Steph, it's, it's a experience that the candidate walks away from understanding why they weren't successful and maybe feeling empowered as to what they need to do to make sure that the next time there's an opportunity there they are that candidate or they're empowered to know what it is they need to change about how they presented themselves so when that job comes across your desk you think of them first yeah, I think sure. that's, it's just, it's being human. I keep coming back to it. It's being human. It goes both ways. We need to be human to candidates and give them the respect they deserve. Yeah. And candidates need to be respectful back to recruiters. You know, we don't, we don't tar every candidate with the same brush if we have had a negative experience with one candidate. And so candidates, please don't tar us all with the same brush if you've had a negative experience with another recruiter. Because we're not, we all, the not all the same. We are not all the same. Not at all. Okay, I think I've been preachy enough for this Friday. (laughs) I feel like I have been way too preachy. So on that very happy note, I don't know how to laugh about rejections. I mean, we could, but it would get very inappropriate very quickly. So it's probably best for everyone before I do that, that I say thank you so much, ladies, for joining me or joining us all today on Talk Employment to Me and we'll see you Chris next week Steph look you could be back again next week who knows it's like a revolving door of yes I'm loving it keep me on my toes love it I can't wait to see who it is 
<laughs> I I do think Steph, when when you're on next, you'll have to um, Moksha somehow works Teddy Bear picnic into her podcast. Sauce worked in TikTok X and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. So your challenge next time you're on the pod is to try and work in something that is totally unrelated to what we were talking Out about. Out of the box. <laughs> yeah. Because you know Chris and I will run with it. <laughs> Done. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week on Talking Point to Me by KLC. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Talk Employment to Me by KLC. Remember, the advice shared on the Talk Employment to Me podcast is general advice only. For specific advice, reach out to Stephanie, Chris and Jared or the whole KLC team. That's all for this episode. See you next Friday.